disciples' feet. And Peter didn't really want his feet washed. He didn't feel worthy. And the Lord explained to him that if I don't wash, you're not going to be clean. And then Peter humbled himself and, uh, and, and received what the Lord was saying that he was worthy and let him do it. And then, you know, Jesus was grieved in his heart. And he said that somebody's going to betray me. And they were looking around and wondering who it would be. So we go from this brotherhood of love and sharing and caring and from, from, from insecurity to insecurity and wondering what's going on and wondering, you know, kind of questioning one another in our hearts and questioning ourselves and these different things. And so then uh, Peter is still, Peter and John, they're still finding comfort in the midst of all this. You know, and John is leaning on uh, Jesus' breast, and they just still, you know, and, and he's still in a place of peace and joy in the midst of this. And so he asks, who is he? So Jesus says, the one who I dips this bread in the sop and gives it to, that's who it is. And he gave it to Judas Iscariot. And so the, spirit, the scripture says that the spirit entered Judas Iscariot. And so Jesus turned to Judas and said, that thou doest, do it quickly. And that's, that's, that's where we are by God's grace. And, you know, praise God for what John has written. John has a, he has a goal in mind. I had a notebook on here. John has a goal in mind in writing. We always want to look at the intent of the author. You know, we have these uh, apostles who wrote these epistles and wrote these books. What's the intent? What is God saying through them? Because we know the scripture is God breathed. And what is God saying through them? And in John chapter 20, it tells us why, what John's intent was. And I really should have wrote it down. In John chapter 20. It tells us what the intent. John chapter 20, verses 31. But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, mm. the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Mm. That's the whole reason and purpose for John writing down his eyewitness account of what happened. And so that's what we're continuing in. He's showing that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God, and in the hopes that we might believe. Praise the Lord. Because knowledge is not enough. Knowing that Jesus is the Son of God, knowing that we are sinners, knowing what God has done is not enough. Faith and repentance and belief is what what's required. Amen? So as we turn there to John chapter 13, praise the Lord. We're going to continue in verses 31 through 35. I'm going to read these verses to you. John 13, verses 31 through 35. Therefore, when he was going out, referring to Judas Iscariot, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. 
If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while and I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, where thou go, you cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love, that you also love one another. Verse 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, mm. if you have love one for another. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, there's a lot in here that proves that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he's the Messiah. And there's a lot in here that we can glean from by God's grace. And we can we can believe the word of God and allow God to convert us. Look at that 31. Therefore, when he, referring to Judas Iscariot, had gone out, Jesus said, Now this is the Son, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of Man. And there's a significance to that. All of us are sons and daughters of a man. That's how we got here. But there's something special about the Son of Man. The Son of Man. The one who was prophesied that would crush the serpent's head. The Son of Man. Jesus proved to be the Son of Man. And that was a reference of uh, him, him calling himself the Son of Man is a, is a reference that he will be the one to fulfill the word of God concerning the Messiah. He was going to be, he's the one born of a virgin. He's the one came into the world, uh, the lamb slain for the foundation of the world. It's him. He's the one. He's the son of God. The son of man is going, the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. Jesus was glorified in that everything that he was supposed to fulfill, according to scripture, he fulfilled it up to that point. Everything that he had done, the healings, the miracles, all the raising people from the dead, feeding people, all the things that he did, he had fulfilled everything, thereby glorifying God. That's our purpose here, to glorify God. We're not here to do our own will, but we're here to glorify God through what? Obedience, through faith, through repentance, through following Christ. By doing those things, living these things out by God's grace, we glorify God. So he's saying the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. There's a scripture that says, let your works so shine before men, that they'll see your good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Jesus glorified the Father. And he was glorified because everything that he did pointed to the Father. Everything that he said pointed to the Father. He even said one time, he said, I didn't come to do my own will, but I came to do the will of him that sent me. Mm. So Jesus had done everything up to that point that needed to be done. He glorified God. And God was glorified in him. Verse 32, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. There's another aspect of glorification that he was about to go into. He was about to take the sins of the whole world. He was about to be glorified in fulfilling that. And then again, he was about to be glorified quickly because he was going to be raised from the dead in three days. So Jesus knew 
what the plan was, and he was a step with the plan. It kind of caused me to wonder, am I a step with God's plan? And I, am I in line with what the Lord has called me to do? Am I truly walking in repentance and belief? Am I truly trusting in the Lord? Am I truly desiring to make decisions based on not my will, but the will of God? Am I truly desiring to say things, not according to what I want to say, but according to God? Jesus was instead with the Father, amen? He was one with the Father. He's one with the Father. He's God. The Father and Him are one, along with the Holy Spirit. They're instead with each other. And let's examine our hearts today and make sure that we're instead with the Lord, amen? Because, man, sometimes we'll start off and we'll slow up. Sometimes we might even try to speed up ahead of God. But... We glorify God by being in step. And that's why John wrote these, these things. Mm. He wrote these things that, we, that he would prove that Jesus was the Christ. And in proving that, men might believe. And so, it, to me, it seemed like the whole, everything changes when he went to 33. The mood kind of changes. Because Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows that he's about to be separated from his disciples. He knows what they're about to experience. He knows what he's about to experience. But he's not even thinking about himself right now. He's thinking about them. Like he always did. Man, I'm a husband. And one of the convicted spirits, convicted verses for me is, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. Jesus did that, didn't he? He loved the church. He put, one time he was sleeping, and they woke him up out of his sleep. And he, and, he, and he took care of business. He, he calmed the sea. It, it's so many times, I remember John had just died. His cousin, the, the guy who started the ministry before him, the one who announced his coming, he had just died. And he went to be by himself, and people came around him, and the Bible says he healed him. How often do we want to take time for ourselves? And it's good to take care of ourselves and to get our rest and all those things. But Jesus did not put himself before his church. Mm. He put the church first. And he didn't have a husband, he didn't have a wife. So his, he was totally free to do that. And that's the mentality we need to have, even in the season. As we hear about Jesus and gifts and all these different things, let's not lose the focus that it's about glorifying the Father. It's about glorifying Christ. So the whole mood changes in 33, and Jesus says, little children. Man, I could imagine the the, the, the compassion and the love that God, that Christ is having for his children, for his disciples who have been with him through all these temptations, all these teachings. He's seen them. They've seen, they've seen, they've seen him. They've, they've lived this thing, and they followed him, and they saw him, and he loved them. He says, little children, yet a little while, and I'm with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. Now I say unto you. Ooh, man. What time is it? Man. See, I think if I'm not careful, I take for granted the relationship that Jesus had with the disciples. He, he, he walked with them. He spent time with them on a daily basis. They saw his highs and his lows, and yes, Jesus had highs and Jesus had low situations and circumstances, but he was God through it all. 
He was obedient through it all. He was holy through it all. He was perfect through it all. And he loved his disciples. And his disciples loved him. But he broke the news to him. Look, I'm about to go. And you're not going to be able to come with me. So I could imagine. I can't imagine, but I can. How they felt. They were going to be away from their Messiah. They were going to be away from Jesus. Wow. But it had to happen. Because even though Christ loves the church, he loved the Father more. Amen? Oh. And we have to love God more than the opinions of people and what they think and how they feel. Love God more. There's some people that turn away from us and they say things about us because we're following God now. We're seeking God now. So be it. Sometimes we have to go to a place away from Facebook, away from the internet, cutting our phones off. Sometimes we got to go to a place not watching much TV. The other people can't go. A, a place of dedication, a place of prayer. Then we go by ourselves and it's lonely sometimes following Christ. It's lonely sometimes following, but he's never away from you. He's always with you, amen? He's always with us. And he said, I go, I go away, but he's leaving them instructions. He's still loving them. He's still caring for them. He's leaving them instructions. In 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. A new commandment, love one another? No, no. I'm going to tell you what this is. This is a new commandment because it takes it to a whole other level. It's not just saying nice things and doing nice things. Look at what the scripture says. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. Ooh. That's a whole nother level of love. <laughs> that goes beyond the Ten Commandments. Huh. That goes to a place of the heart. And Jesus took them there in Matthew ch chapter 5, I believe it was, when he started in, in 6, when he said, hey, it's not just about what you do, it's what's in your heart. Mm. It's not about, you may not ever kill your brother, but if you speak harshly, if you speak with hate, if you hate your brother without a cause, you're a murderer. It's a whole nother level of love, a whole nother level of dedication, of compassion for your brother to love like Jesus loved. Mm. And that's what he, and that's something we can't do of ourselves. But God can empower us to do it, amen? God can give us the ability, the desire, the hunger to walk with God in such a way that we love our brother as Christ did. Wow. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. Love one another. And then, because it's not just, I, I walk with God, it's personal, but it's also public. Our walk with Jesus is, is personal and it's private, but it's also public. Have you ever heard somebody say, or have you ever said, if that's Christianity, I don't want it. Hmm. If that's how Christians act, I don't want to be a part of it. Jesus says in verse 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you shall have love one to another. Why is that important? Because God created us to glorify him. God created us to do his will. God created us to exemplify him. And as followers of Christ, 
It's our duty and responsibility not to be fake, not to be pretentious, but to truly love people from the love of God. Not just our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also those who aren't our brothers and sisters. Jesus takes to a whole other level. Love your enemy. Bless those that curse you. What? <laughs> That's crazy. That's ridiculous. That's uncomfortable. That's humbling. That's something that we don't desire to do in the flesh. But as, new, as creatures in Christ, God gives us that new heart that we have to be careful to guard. Because if we don't guard it, it can become corrupt real fast. But praise God. As we examine these things and as we think about these things, let's remember the love that God has shown toward us. Even in our lifetime. Look at the accidents we may have had or situations we've had, the ups and the downs. And unfortunately, there are people who, family members and brothers and sisters that may no longer be here, but we're still here. We see yet an opportunity on this side to praise God, yet an opportunity to lift him up, to seek him, to love him, to serve him. And if we're not believers today, today is the day to cry out that God would grace us repentance, that God would grace us to believe and trust in Christ. Today is today, amen, to receive this love. Today is this today to become a part of the family of God because outside of Christ, there's wrath. There's eternal separation from him because I've sinned and you've sinned and forgive me for saying that, but I'm, what the word says, all have sinned. And everybody in here falls into the category of all. The word is true, amen? But praise God, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank God for the opportunity, amen? To have another day to repent and believe. Thank God for another day that we've never seen in creation. Another day. Now, do we have bad days and sad days and up days and down days and we hurt and we get hurt, our feelings get hurt and people hurt us and we hurt. But God, in the midst of it all, the songwriter says, I won't complain, amen. He didn't say, I can't complain because you can find something to complain about. But he says, I won't. That's the decision of the heart, amen? And that's what Jesus was moved by. His, all of his decisions were based on the Father. All the decisions were based. And so John wrote these things to us, for us, that, we might, that he would show that Jesus is Christ and that we would believe. Would you believe on today? You might be discouraged and you say, you know, I've tried that. I've tried, but I can't do it. You're right. You can't do it. I can't do it. No one can do it. God can do it through us. Amen. Don't let Satan cheat you through deception, thinking that you can't live this life. Because with God, all things are possible. Amen. With God, repentance and belief is possible. Amen. Praise God. At this time, Pastor, you got any words you want to share? Within the, what's the time? So, Hey, praise God for it. And so as we're looking at this Christmas season that we're in, what the world want to call it, you know, but it's so corrupt. We're going we're gonna to see things and feel things in the season. Oh, my goodness. Anybody hurting today? Anybody missing a loved one? 
They said during this time, a lot of depression and a lot of sadness is in the hearts of a lot of people. But praise God, God understands sadness. God understands heartbreaks. God understands loneliness and isolation. Jesus on the cross said, Father, why have thou forsaken me? He went through all that for us. Let's cry out for repentance, amen? Let's cry out that the Lord would save us. And he'll save those that trust him, amen? Praise God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, during this time of year, many of us are hurting. And Lord, we understand your word and we understand who you are and we thank you for what you've done. At the same time, God, we're hurting. We're hurting physically. We're hurting emotionally. Lord, we miss people. Our cars and business sometimes they dry up. But Lord, in the midst of that, we want to give you thanks, Heavenly Father. Because we're still here. Lord, we want to give you thanks because you're worthy to be praised. You are the God that opened blinded eyes. You're the God that, that gave us your son. And Lord, you've opened our eyes that we would see your truth. And you've opened our eyes, Lord God, that we would know the truth. Grace us to trust in your truth, Heavenly Father. In the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our struggles, help us to trust in your truth. The disciples in this point, they were hurting. It hurt their feelings. It hurt their heart that Jesus was going to leave them. They didn't see that coming, and God told them. But they still weren't ready for that. And Christ was getting them ready. Lord, we can't handle what we're going through on our own. We need your strength. We need your ability. We need you to get us ready, God. We need you to hold us, Heavenly Father. We need you, Lord God. Have your way in our hearts. And Lord, as we ponder on these things, even by your Holy Spirit, grace us to cry out for repentance. Grace us to cry out for salvation. Grace us to cry out, Lord God. Because we need you. In Jesus' name.